Hey, good morning to you. A happy Thursday. It's Bruce. It's Judy. Tom is over there, for goodness sakes, in for producer Miranda. The other side, the double-pane bulletproof glass doing what she does. Uh, Nick Gale delivering us with the news, the traffic, the weather, information. By the way, I never thought I would glance up and see 21 degrees outside and think, whew, kind of warmed up a bit, didn't it? Yeah, it, Bobby, it, it's very nice out I, there. I, huh? I thought about not wearing a coat to work today. I was like, eh, 21. Heck, <laughs> I... It's like a 30-degree swing in just one day. We'll take it, though, right? Absolutely. Uh, How many of you spend time... um, I want to start with the Waffle House. I I want to tell you that I do think something is amazing about Waffle House. And I I want to start off by saying I enjoy me some Waffle House. What I don't know is how you can build a brand-new Waffle House. Have a grand opening. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, absolutely everything is brand new. Come on down. The new Waffle House is opening. You walk in, and I swear there's 30-year-old grease on the ceiling. I don't know how they do it. I that's don't know how they the do Waffle it. Waffle House. It's like they import it in or something. It's amazing. Yeah, that's how they yeah. build them. Yeah. You can't have a brand spanking new Waffle House. Who's going to go there? Did you know that they have, um, what is it? They call it the periodic table of breakfast inside there. So... When you are a, a line order cook, a, a, a short order cook, it must be a little confusing being on the back side of there. You got waitresses and waiters, you know, yelling things at you, little slips of paper. Here's what people want. And inevitably, people want um, more unique items or they want special items. Well, we are learning, thanks to the uh, technology that is TikTok, that there is a system inside the Waffle House that most of you probably didn't even know. Last time I talked about the marking system, people got so mad, it was crazy. Jelly pack at the bottom is scrambled. If you get a mayonnaise pack, face down, it's gonna be scrambled light. Face up is gonna be scrambled well. Hash brown at the top means it's a plate. Without the hash brown, then it would just get grits grits right on the plate instead of hash browns. So if there's no piece of hash brown at the top, it'd be grits. So depending on the condiments, the, sh- the which way face up face down and where they are on the plate that's how the cooks figure out what to make I, okay it's at brilliant, some point I guess. it seems brilliant at some point it seems like it's just so much easier to read the ticket <laughs> read the damn ticket <laughs> i mean or how about they go the way of like mcdonald's and just have a number how many times do you go to McDonald's and just say, I'll take the number 14 or whatever it is? Yeah, but I didn't it, even it, know. That so, could be a lot of numbers. That's a lot of numbers. I'll have the uh, yeah the 1,263. Because I didn't know, for example, I was today years old when I found out that when I order my waffles, I can order them different levels of cooked. Mm-hmm. You knew that, Nick. Oh, because you can get them light all the time. Right, well, because yep. you can get them light, your waffles, or you can get them dark, like cooked more. Can I get a waffle? Crispy. Can I please get a waffle? (laughs) I did not know that. I just thought they were waffles. Like, they came out as waffles. I didn't know I could order my waffles a certain way. I love that uh, some of these phrases they have. Stretch one and paint it red. Yeah. Again, about a waffle with syrup. I mean, I don't really even know what that means, but it just seems that it would be more simple to keep it simple. Uh, well, in the world of, of, of short-order cooks, I suppose, uh, they've got it figured out in one way, shape, or form at the Waffle House. And apparently this is kind of like a company-wide uh, uh, deal. No matter which Waffle House you go to, uh, the mayonnaise packet or the jelly sideways or a, a ketchup uh, 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 little tear-off packet on your plate, 
is something that the cook used to figure out what it was that you wanted to yeah, eat. Yeah, that's how they teach you. They, they literally teach you when you're going to be a cook how to do that. It's crazy. You have to read the condiments. <laughs> I've never been to a Waffle House. What? I gotta confess. There, there aren't enough Waffle Houses. There, I don't know. There even, n- there's none here. None around here. Never been to a Waffle House. Not once. I've wanted to go. Yeah, even, you're not even American. You're, you're, I'm going to call you half Canadian at this point. I probably deserve I mean, don't you take road trips like, I, to off-beaten places? Yeah, but usually my biggest road trip is driving to Iowa. That's that's it. Wow, just uh, just flying down. I know. I've lived. You're, I've been everywhere, you're man. You're bi-coastal, as we call it, as long as you consider the Mississippi a coast, right? I'm bi-coastal. Okay. Uh, um, I will tell you, though, that there are probably a lot of people out there who have been to a Waffle House but don't remember being to a Waffle House because it's the place a lot of people go at 2 in the morning when possibly they've tied a few on. Uh-huh. Okay? Uh, and maybe they get they wake up the next morning going, why am I sticky? Why do I have syrup all over me? What the hell happened? Where were we last night? You were at the Waffle House. The best meal you'll never remember. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's built by design. But a lot of places have secret menus. Did you know that that you can, you know, you get like these regulars, especially like fast food places, who can go in and can order, quote, off the menu. And Mickey D's is one of those places that has a bit of a secret menu, if you will. Well, you know, the, the criticism about McDonald's, though, is their menu hack is like actually on the menu. So is it really even a secret? You know what I mean? They... It, a lot of the stuff they put on the menu, and really some of it, I, I don't. I know you're the big uh, chicken nugget guy, right? Oh, they're delicious. Would you like to have some chicken nuggets on your double cheeseburger? Why not? The crunchy double. The crunchy double. Mm, that's good. Mm, look yeah. at you. You know what I would put on? <laughs> I would I would put fries on my cheeseburger. I don't I don't see why we just don't do that. Why do we have to have them separate? Just put it all in one because that makes it easier. So when I but do McDonald's, breakfast. At Mickey D's, I get the uh, uh, egg muffin, uh, and I get a hash brown on the side. Did you know you can just order a hash brown McMuffin, and they'll put the hash brown there in the middle of the McMuffin, so that you don't have to reach for your McMuffin and eat, reach for your hash brown. It's all in one sandwich, and that makes complete sense. Makes well, complete I, sense. They should have started with that. Yeah. No, I, I will never have. <laughs> go back to that. I, yeah. I will never have my hash brown on the side again. If it comes to the side, I'll be like, what are you, crazy? Put it put right it in the middle there. I thought of this was America. Where it belongs. Yeah. Gosh. Bruce, America, you strike me as a person that eats like, you have to have your potatoes in that corner and the corn in I that corner. I do like corner, to separate the certain things. Well, and I, they, I don't, they, they can't touch. never meet. Yeah, I'll, right. I like the plates with the, the, the dividers. <laughs> Right, okay. Like, if my applesauce touched the pork chop... So does my four-year-old. He likes those We're done. Your four-year-old has got it right, by the way. This is a a young man who's destined for great things. Yeah, but you got to have the plate dividers. You can't have stuff all mixed together. But please don't tell me you eat one thing at a time. Sometimes I do, yeah. I I eat what I I like the most, and I finish that, and then I'm like, okay, maybe I'll move on to that. And then you eventually get around to, like, you know, the Brussels sprouts. But you like the hash brown on your Egg McMuffin. Yeah, that's such a dichotomy. Yeah, that is Mm, cool, because I like hash browns, and I like like the the McMuffins. Oh, okay. You know, I I I want all my food touching and maybe even mixed in a little bit. Just you know, like it is in my mouth. Where I, yeah, that's the only place it gets mixed up is in my tummy. Uh, one of the restaurants that that maybe, at least for me, kind of was famously had this wink, wink, nudge, nudge secret menu is West Coast chain that's become kind of popular called In and Out Burger. And I remember uh, when I lived out west that you know it was almost like cool to go into In and Out. 
and you didn't. All in and out serves is hamburgers, by the way. There's no fish. Right, I'm sandwich. waiting to hear what the secret There's is. There's no chickens. They don't, you can't get a salad for the love of God. You get hamburgers, okay? We got hamburgers, mm-hmm. we got fries, we got shakes. As long as you want one of those three items, we got it. But you can order, like, people would go in, and, and I remember having friends, you you'd get every time, go, I'll have mine animal style. And I'm like, what's animal style? Animal style. And that is basically like everything they have in the store put on one hamburger. You could order a three-by-three. Instead of a double burger, you get a triple burger. Or, if you're really off the deep end, a four-by-four. And I, you'd be standing there in line and somebody go, I'll have a four-by-four and a Diet Coke. Really? The Diet Coke you think is going to offset yeah. <laughs> four hamburger patties on that thing? But there was this, you know, this becomes this... Um, Almost like a culture around some of these restaurants where if, you, if you're like in the cool kids club, you know how to order things. Isn't that basically yeah. Starbucks where everything's confusing? You have I can't to even order, I can't a, even I know how order, to order a, a coffee yeah. at Starbucks. No. I literally right. say, can I have a coffee? And they're like, they, you, no, they, you can't order a coffee. No. And then they say, what size? And I'm like, I don't know, uh, medium. They're like, oh. There's no medium here. There's no medium. Yeah, I do it. I do it on purpose now. How Every much whipped cream? Time. How much whipped cream do you want? Yeah, yeah. but you, then you, got, you. you have those people that walk in and they're like, okay, I'll have a half-calf decaf with a twist, leave room, uh, a venti. And I'm like, what the hell did you just order? And kick it in the side I, with a steel boot. I, I, what did you just order? <laughs> Whenever anyone this. says to me, I'm going to um, Starbucks, I always say, and if I want something, I say, just get me what you're getting. Because I'll have what you're I, having. You know, I, yeah, I can't. I, I, all I want is a coffee with cream. Oh, and right. sugar, maybe sweet cream. But then there are a thousand different kinds of sweet cream. And like I said, I will not, I refuse to say the words for whatever small and large is, venti or whatever. Well, they're all the same. They, yeah, you got large, grande, uh, venti, I think. Are those the three sizes? Because venti means 20, right? And right. Then, yeah. yeah, okay, I see I'm already done. No, I'm not doing 20 it. ounces? Doesn't it's grande already pissed also me mean off. large? I, no. Congratulations! You're stupid in three languages, right? I mean, uh, you know, it's... I'm walking. I'm walking right over to Duncan, where they understand English. I'm. Can I shout out to the people at Starbucks who don't care what I think? I understand why I'm not allowed to put. I guess I, I don't understand exactly why I'm not allowed to put my own cream. They they have to do all that. They don't no longer have the little bar where I can put my sugar in and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how to tell them how much. Cream and sugar, I want. Like I, I do it. Like by, I put it in, I stir it, I take a sip, I go, ooh, I need more. Like I don't know, and yeah. I, so yeah. I'm, I'm disappointed now all the time. Hey, good morning. Hey, uh, a happy Thursday to you. It's Bruce and Judy, and the city of San Jose, California, is about to become the first city in America to uh, enforce an ordinance, an ordinance that will require gun owners to both pay a fee and carry liability insurance on their firearms. Basically, a insurance policy that uh, indemnifies the owner against any harm the gun may cause. Might be a nice way to put it, right? Uh, I've heard about this, uh, this movement before. It certainly seems to be driven by people that want to restrict gun ownership in some way, shape, or form. Uh, and I'm I'm uncomfortable with it. While I understand maybe where it's coming from, I, I'm going to just throw this out there. And I know it's a conversation we've had before, and I know Nick's going to jump in on this, is that uh, people who would use a gun in the commission of a crime to harm somebody else, um, 
they probably aren't following the other laws and rules as well. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, uh, the, the guys that, that shot and killed this, this eight year old girl, I doubt that if there was a requirement to have insurance on your illegal gun that they would have had it. Do you see what I'm saying? Right. So who are you punishing? Who's, who's, who is going to be affected by this? It's going to be lawful gun owners who want to stay in compliance with the law. And so I tend to agree with that. The mayor of, uh, of San Jose, Sam Licardo, explained it this way. We would be funding violence prevention initiatives uh, with a fee that would be levied on gun owners uh, so that we could invest in reducing domestic violence and suicide and provide mental health services and other kinds of services, particularly to households in which a gun is owned. Uh, the counter to that, the executive director of Gun Owners of California, there's a, there's a group under siege, right, uh, had this to say. California either affects or infects what happens throughout the country. In this case, we would look at this as an... Uh, unconstitutional infection that we want to stop here yeah so it's going to face a legal challenge um and and you know it, it'll work its way through the courts um well you I know interestingly the mayor proposed this right uh, like a few weeks after that gunman um shot nine people nine co-workers yeah at a, a rail yard, the rail San yard Jose, field, yeah. before he killed himself so i'm looking at that case and i'm trying to figure out how liability insurance would help i mean i'm asking i think a valid question how does it help in this case what what happens if he had had liability insurance or the gun what would had. that mean yeah yeah well i mean you have liability insurance on the gun right it's right, so, like your car see, the gunman had yeah he had insurance so what does that mean now he has shot nine people to death an insurance company what? has to pay out to them i don't know that well what's the point of having liability how does that help in that in that regard yeah i, I, mean, I see can, it as I a deterrent o- that's my point i don't even see it as a benefit what what's the even <laughs> okay. the benefit of it i don't how does it work i can understand the fee they're going to just collect more money from people uh, to yeah, pay for 25 God knows bucks what, but, or whatever to own a gun yeah. like a license is 25 bucks how much does a foid card cost here Boy, I think it's twenty five bucks for ten years. Okay, so that so that in and of itself is not that bizarre. There are places, and even right here, that have a fee in order to be a gun owner or a legal gun owner, and it's not onerous. I mean, twenty five bucks. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of yeah. it, but I, you know, I mean, what does it cost to get a license? It's twenty five bucks around that. Oh, right? CCWs. Yeah. I mean, just a regular uh, license, a driver's license. Oh, Everything driver's costs license. something. Oh, geez, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean that probably costs more. So yeah, it's it's not so unusual. Now, you know what? They the mayor also said that having that insurance is meant to encourage gun owners to like take, you know, uh, safety classes, to have a gun safe, um to you know, install trigger locks and that do. sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, so again, I that's, again, the, that's the legal the, the legal gun owner right. is going not to be the following the laws. Yeah, the right. person who's going to use the gun to commit the crime probably doesn't care whether they need to have or should have insurance somewhere on it. And and, and this is one of the, the real uh, struggles, I think, that a lot of folks have with some of these gun laws. And, and I'll just point out, there's close to 21,000 different gun laws on the books right now. And if I thought one more law was going to make the world that much safer, okay, we could have that debate. I don't see how this changes anything. No. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not understanding this. What the goal is here? 
And here's the thing. It's a Except that they just right trying to, to own a gun. Right? I mean, in the Bill of Rights. Mm-hmm. Second Amendment. Now, it's a privilege to have a driver's license and to own a car. There I is the, yeah, a that, that's there. not in the Constitution. Fair enough. Right. Yes, the uh, the right to drive a car. They didn't have that kind of force no. uh, in in figuring that out. Um, you know, I, I I so let me extend it to something else though. Is there a consistent argument to be made though to voting? What barriers should there be to voting as to what barriers there should be to gun ownership? Should there be a fee imposed? If you think there shouldn't be a fee to own a gun, well, then should there be a fee to oh, wow. to to vote? You see what I'm saying? Like, I, 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 both of them are constitutionally protected. Both of them are literally, you know, part of the founding of this. And so, you know, you, you can't say, well, we need to restrict voting over here. You need to pay for an ID. You need to this, that, and the other. But... For a gun, absolutely not. You can't. It, there can be no restrictions. Like at least I want to argue a, a consistent argument yeah, that see. that there needs to be some parallels. You'd have people calling that Jim Crow, right? Right. Because well, poll and, tax and stuff. Back and then that's day. what in mm-hmm. some places. But that's the mm-hmm. argument. You know yeah. that that you have to show ID. Okay, great. Well, the problem is some of what these people charge for IDs. Okay, well, is that a poll tax? Mm-hmm. You know, if mm-hmm. I have to pay seventy five bucks to get an ID in this state, is that a poll tax? You know, if, if that's what I need to vote and or buy a gun, is that is yeah. that a barrier to that? And and should there be those kind of monetary restrictions to constitutionally protected things? I think there's an argument to be made there. That's the kind of guy I am. I look at the I try to be consistent with my arguments. And uh, I'm not a fan of the uh, uh, of the idea of liability insurance for your gun, because I think lawful gun owners, people that follow the law. Uh, are not the issue here. And those that would tend to break the law, this isn't even going to slow them down. But that puts us right in with our criminal of the day. And I got to give a shout out to uh, Mickey Joel Polk of Limestone County, Alabama, who found a way to make a squirrel even more annoying and slightly more dangerous. Now, allegedly, old Alabama Mickey was running a drug ring from his double wide. And as part of his uh, the defense, or I don't know, offense, he kept a caged attack squirrel that witnesses said was fed a steady diet of methamphetamines to make it mean. Or skinny. Still not 100% clear at this point. After cops raided his home and confiscated drugs, ammo, and body armor, they released meth squirrel back into the wild as the sheriff said, quote, there's no safe way to test the squirrel for meth, unquote. Sounds more like nobody wanted to go near the furry, drug-infused rodent. Back to Mickey, who was captured and faces charges of uh, possession of a wild animal, stolen property, and possession of a weapon by a felon. While awaiting trial, Mr. Polk was caught acting naughty again and added charges of chemical endangerment of a child, trafficking meth, as well as some additional drug and weapons charges, all while leaving the county in neck and face tattoos, of course. So, for reinforcing nearly every stereotype I have about Alabama, including squirrels hopped up on meth, you, Mickey Polk, are the Bruce St. James show criminal of the day all suspects described above should be considered innocent until found guilty in a court of law no matter how crazy they are good morning to you happy thursday let's kick off the six o'clock hour take a look at the big stories people are talking about will he or won't he former secretary of education arnie duncan is considering a bid for mayor of chicago maybe the most obvious thing He's already out criticizing Mayor Lightfoot, although, then again, that's pretty easy to do these days, Judy. 
Moderna doses the first person in the company's phase two trial of a booster shot that is specific to the Omicron variant. 83-year-old Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer uh, plans to retire. That's the word coming out of the Supreme Court, giving President Biden a chance to replace a Supreme Court justice under his watch. We're actually going to be talking to uh, Rich Lenkoff, our our legal explanation is a little bit about that and what the Supreme Court is facing. That's coming up at 6.30. So the, the battles between the city of Chicago and the Chicago Teachers Union are are many. They are varied and they're almost constant, if you will. And I think there's a danger. And we've run into this before where, you know, Judy, we've had uh, uh, some teachers call in who haven't exactly towed CTU's line. And we know that there are people inside the teachers union who maybe don't agree with everything that the union does. Well, they're becoming a little more vocal. The group is called the Members First Caucus, and they fired a shot across the bow yesterday. The current leadership of the CTU sees work stoppages and strikes as the first step and not the last one. They are far more focused on being in front of the camera and advancing their own political careers than delivering for us. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, is because that- they you you well you mentioned um you know towing the line that these these members have historically fallen in line. Right. Even if they disagree, they vote. I mean, their their voting numbers are always way up there, and they vote the CTU way. So this would be a, a departure, and probably for a lot of people, a very welcome departure. Well, I and mean, I think that the big question is obviously, as someone looking at it from the outside, is this. or 50%. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, how many um, members of the Chicago Teachers Union feel that current leadership is out of step with them, is quick to uh, have a work stoppage, quick to strike, uh, as opposed to quick to negotiate? Right. And they're they're also, you know, saying that they, they believe that leadership is more focused on being, you know, in front of the camera and advancing their political careers. And that's an interesting uh, thing there, because Vice President Stacey Davis Gates, you know, she her name's often come up in the mayoral race as well. And, mm-hmm. you know, she hasn't said she's not running. She hasn't said she is running. She kind of leaves it open ended. And don't forget the the previous um CTU leader Karen Lewis, who um, who did die, she had often been mentioned as a as a contender for mayor. So it's it's kind of like the path's already been made there. Mm-hmm. And you know the C- the the members of the CTU are like, listen, this it's not about running for mayor. It's not. I mean, it's not just it supposed to be a stepping stone. Yeah, it's a union, and you're supposed to focus on the union matters. And it's funny that that that's what they see these the, the some of the people in leadership see it as a way to get to the mayor's office because that is kind of odd it's and they use it as well look at all the change we as the CTU can you know can do moving forward and well that's because you're a union and you get your members in line you know and it's about strikes so yeah when you look at it that way but is that really what you want in the mayor's office you no know, bruce to answer your earlier question that yeah. you were pondering i think that based on the last numbers of the vote to go back yes. uh, to classes. So about a fifth of the union members didn't even vote. 
And I think mm. they did that for fear of retaliation. So I would say they about abstained a fifth from voting. Yeah, disagree with the current leadership. Yeah, well, but that's a that's a pretty sizable amount in there. And you know, I think it really gets down to um, if if you if you understand what this uh, members first caucus is talking about, um, it is. I would argue that they have a more realistic uh, approach to long-term what it's going to mean to be a teacher in the city of Chicago. Uh, Because if this uh, back-and-forth, work-stoppage, strike-first attitude continues, you you might get down to nobody going to Chicago schools anymore. People are looking for alternatives because of the inability to plan in any way, shape, or form on a consistent school schedule. I, I know this may sound like an absolute crazy thing. Do you know there are school districts around the country where the teachers have never gone on strike? I know. How crazy is that? Right? It's never happened. Like, they look at Chicago and like, what do you mean the teachers went on strike? Like, is that a thing? Yes, that's a thing. And it's a consistent thing here. And we know plenty of parents are either pulling their kids out or considering a- alternatives because of this constant back and forth. Well, and to be fair, teachers do go on strike, even in the suburbs. But generally, they go on strike after they've been maybe working without a contract for two years. So it's it's a you know it's a legitimate strike. They've been working you know without a contract, and now they've given them an ultimatum, and they can't come to an agreement. Yada yada yada. I mean that you that I think people understand that the CTU, you know. They just, you know, went, we, they didn't call it a strike, but really, you know, how many teachers didn't show up for school? Something like, you know, 25,000 or 50,000. They just did, I mean, that's a strike. And that was over, well, we don't like the way, you know, you're cleaning the desks or whatever their issue was. So that's what people will, I think, are, are tired of uh, hearing about and are no longer going to tolerate. If you have a legitimate reason like a contract dispute, okay. But the CTU, they, the, they're so powerful that they can strike when they want something, regardless of the contract. Well, and and the problem is, it's the impact it has on 330,000 kids, Chicago kids, and I'm going to assume there's going to be some of them doubled up. I don't know, 150, 200,000 families, parents, households. And keep in mind that there have been work stoppages, disruptions, strikes. I'm going to couch them all together. In 1969, and you go on strike once every 30 years, you get everyone's attention. If you go on strike every three weeks, I just yeah. think after a while, people are like, what else is new? What don't you like today? You know, uh, uh, the selections in the snack machine? You know, wh- where are you to do? How are you upending the city and the educational uh, uh, um, career of children over some issue that you just see a, a political advantage in? And there's something like about the tenacity, I may be good or bad, about the leaders of the CTU. They just, I mean, I, my whole career covering news, every CTU president has, they, they are, they won't give an inch. It's, you know, you can, I can just name them all that I, the, throughout the decades that they have just been so hardcore right. and they just, and so they wear them out. I mean, I remember when I first started as a reporter back in the day, 
there was a strike, and Nick, I can't think of. Um, it was uh, she had been the the CTU president forever. Uh, she also died. Um, she that strike, I swear, went on for months. It it was such a you know every day we went there to cover it. It was you know it, the city was immobile. I mean nothing was changing. It was they just. As a union, there was one of the most, you know, you can't even find a crack in that union except for now. Like this to me, this, um, you know, this caucus coming out. I mean, this is the first time I can remember hearing about some kind of a breakage in the union. And I think the time is totally ripe. Well, when the you're thinking of uh, Jackie Vaughn, by the way, Jackie Vaughn. Oh, my goodness. She was, you know, she scared me. I at Bruce, I think. Your, your analogy there, the boy crying wolf, mm-hmm. at some point, what goes around is going to come around, and you're going to get a mayor in there who's going to pull a Ronald Reagan and just say, okay, That's we're going to replace you guys. Yeah. You want to yeah. go on strike? Fine. We're done. Well, because if you make the argument that uh, the head of the CTU, whoever it's been, consistently says how difficult the mayors are to work with. Maybe you're the problem. Mm. If it's all different mayors <laughs> and you guys keep it, I'm just going to throw it out there. Maybe it's yeah. not the mayors. Hey, good morning to you. A happy, happy Thursday, for goodness sakes. It's already oh, warmed up to 21 degrees. There's words you didn't think you had to say out loud. Uh, Judy with us right now. I got Nick over there. And, and Judy, you know, you're one of those people now that you have finally seen, or I say finally, but been the latest one who's been on maybe the, call it the receiving end, your family, of one of these scams. The scams where you get a uh, like a fake emergency phone call. Do tell. Oh my gosh, this happened just yesterday. Right after we got off the air, my dad called and said, you know, he didn't even say hello. He said, take down these two numbers. I took them down. They were numbers I didn't recognize. One was like a 706 area code, which is Georgia. Okay. Another was an 813 area code, which is, because I, of course, did my due diligence. Yes. And that was Tampa. Yeah. He said, Luke... My son, my youngest son. son, Luke's in trouble. He's Whoa. been arrested, uh, something about drinking. You need to call him. That He's at that first number. But you also need to call his lawyer. They they need my, And as he's talking, I'm saying, this is totally a scam. You do you know, it off the bat. I've seen it. Yeah. I, you know, we do it all the time. But it doesn't even matter. As he's talking, my heart's racing, and I'm getting more and more worried as a mother because my dad is, you know, totally buying into this. it. Yeah. And he's worked up because he's like, you know, I, I, he needed the money. I, I couldn't give it to him because I'm waiting for a call from his, his furnace was having problems yesterday, you know, the coldest day of the year. And so my dad was a little bit frazzled, which was even worse because I think had he not been, he may have thought more about it, mm. but he was frazzled. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, dad, were you going to give him money? Because then I was like, did you give him any information? And I think, you know, he, and I was like, Luke, you know, and so here's my thing as a mom. I'm thinking, well, it's not out of the realm that he would be arrested with drinking and somewhere and he doesn't have his phone. Yeah, exactly. But here's the key with my dad. My dad, my dad said, he said, Grandpa, you know, I need help. And, and don't tell mom because I don't want to get in trouble, even though my son doesn't even live here. I mean, right. he's old enough to be living on his own. But I said to my dad, he called you Grandpa? Wasn't that your first There's clue? your tip off. And you know why? Because my kids don't call him Grandpa. They call him by his name, Lee. And really? my dad, Hold he on said, a second. Goes, the, the grandkids call Granddad Lee. They have never called. You know what? I'm not even if sure they, I know what the name of my grandfather was. I, <laughs> that was Opa. How hilarious. That's Opa. Yeah. Uh, I was like, no, no, no. My, what was his name? My dad, Alfred. My dad insisted. Oh, God. I would have called him Alfred? 
Oh. <laughs> yeah, no. Maybe Fred. God. My dad insisted. He's so vain. He never wanted to be called grandpa. And if my kids <laughs> slipped up, if they slipped up when they were little, he would literally threaten them with not giving them, you know, I'm not going to give you a Christmas card this year. Wow. Lee is on it. Oh, yeah. But Lee, Lee, Lee basically fell for this scam. It sounds like if he couldn't have gotten he through to you, did. he may have sent some money to these people. So I immediately called. Let astray, run amok, <laughs> and flat out deceive. Yes. Okay, but if you go on the website, the um, Consumer Fraud website, this is an example of a family emergency scam. Caller, hi, Grandpa, it's me. Grandpa, is that you? Yes, it's me. I'm in trouble. I need money for bail. This is like textbook, what exactly right. happened. To, and they ha it's out there already, people. But what did I do? I called Luke immediately, of course. Luke, and he answered the phone really like, hello. He's like, yeah, what up? <laughs> yeah, 9.30 in the morning when oh, he should yeah, be he's working. And I was like, are you okay? What? And he's like, yeah, what's up? Yeah, I mean, right. you know, he had no... And the thing is about when my my dad said it was Luke, I wonder if when he was frazzled, he and the caller said, you know, Grandpa, it's me, and he may have just said Luke. Mm. And then the, the person said, yeah, this Played is Luke. Played off of that, Because right. I'm like, how does how does a person know that Luke has a grandfather? You know, well, that's that, my thing. Oh, well, how do they call someone and know you've got grandkids or that yes, what their name is the or name. something? Unless yes. they did some research and exactly. knew, knew this and, and could just use just enough detail to try to trick right. your, your Lee. I don't want to call him your dad. I don't want to get mad at me. Just trick don't Lee call him Grandpa. It. Just don't call him Grandpa. Whatever we call him. <laughs> just don't call him don't Grandpa. Call me Grandpa. Call Lee. Him. If Lee, uh, you know, could could go, wow, this this could be real. And and I've heard of these before. You've heard of it before. Hey, your, your family's on vacation somewhere. We're stuck in Mexico. We need $500. Wire it to this number. You know, I'm like, it's an emergency. And people like, oh, my God. And let me tell you, my dad, I don't know that he's ever talked on the phone to Luke. <laughs> I don't. So in his defense. I got it. Your he, dad what sounds he know? awesome, he, by the way. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, they know, it, awesome. they, they know each other. Don't get me wrong. But they don't talk on the phone. Who talks on the phone? Nobody. You know what I mean? Nobody. So I have to, I can't even blame him for that because how does he know it's not Luke? It could be Luke. He doesn't really know how Luke sounds. If it's a young enough kid who, you know, all, all 24-year-old boys to me sound the same. So, and and quite frankly, giving him the 706 area code number. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, Georgia. It could be the, you know, it could be the police station. Of course, I immediately did a call. I immediately, but, but you know, I, did I wonder if that was call. by accident, Judy. Did, did, did they know that he was... You know, down south in Georgia, and you know these uh, spoof that they used a Georgia prefix. So you'd go, well, that that's where he is. No, he wasn't there. Oh, but I he, wasn't he wasn't at there. The time. But oh, okay. no, 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 no. That 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 you're that would have been Khan who used to live there. Here's the thing. He that's your favorite one. There. I keep getting him confused. Stop it. He could have been there because. A week or two ago, he texted me from Nashville. You know what I mean? He's like, yeah, I'll go uh, to Nashville today because my friend. So, yeah, it's not the, here's the thing is my dad was talking, but I knew I, my gut was telling me this is a scam, but I still called. I still was oh, yeah. afraid. You thought there, there's me, a chance this is real. Yes. This something's wrong. Luke's in trouble. This is one of his friend's numbers. I mean, I didn't know. And that's, and then now taking a more elderly person than me, more elderly, because I, God forbid, I call my dad elderly. 
<laughs> now and you're frazzled and you don't really know and this is you're you're a third you know removed from the family you're not the the mom because of course had they called me i would have been like all right i'm i'm coming over and kicking your butt right now because you know at the very least i did i went on this website and i put all the information in because I had the phone numbers. So I, I gave the Federal Trade Commission the phone numbers, everything of what these people did. I didn't call the numbers because I didn't really, really want to give them my number. So, I mean, there are things you can do. But the first and foremost thing you must do, as Luke told my dad, don't even answer a call that you don't know the number. Why are right. you even answering it? Rule number one. And, I don't think about Yeah, I, you're right. I do. And I shouldn't. Don't, don't even answer it. Let it Because if they want to leave a message, they will. But usually they don't. Hey, good morning. It's Bruce and Judy, and the, the rumors are flying. Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer is planning to retire. He is 83 years old. He's done his time, if you will. But like everything else in this world, it's all wrapped into politics in some way, shape, or form. And uh, to understand a little bit more about not only Justice Breyer, but maybe the, the process itself is Rich Lenkoff. And Rich is a partner at Bryce, Downey, and Lenkoff. You're our legal explanationist, and I sincerely appreciate it when you come on and help us understand things, Rich. Good morning. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, so uh, I I hear it, and I, if I understand correctly, um, you know, when you're looking at the Supreme Court, when you're looking at the justices, um, Justice Breyer, if he's not the bookend on the left, he's pretty darn close. Is that a nice way to put it? Yeah, there's no question. He's the oldest justice, and he is solidly in the liberal majority, or minority, I should say. Uh, of course, there's a very conservative majority right now, a seven to three majority. So to your point, he does serve as one of the liberal members of the court. And that's the reason, of course, why he's retiring now during the Biden administration while the Democrats control the Senate. Yeah, I think they don't want uh, a Ginsburg to happen again, right, where she probably waited too. Well, she did wait too long and then she ended up dying during President Trump's uh, presidency. That's right. Um, you know, there's been a retired Breyer movement now for some time, uh, especially given how a lot of the rules surrounding how confirmations have taken place have changed over the last couple of years. We saw, of course, during the Trump administration, these uh, nominations fly through the Senate. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of. Uh, pressure on Breyer to retire while Biden is still president. Well, Rich, along those lines, you know, you talk about it. I mean, it used to be kind of um, maybe an anomaly if there was a big kerfuffle over a Supreme Court justice. Now it seems like it doesn't matter. <laughs> RRD, right or left, whoever the president or who holds the Senate, everybody sees this as a, uh, a fight to the death. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Um, this was supposed to be eight, uh, apolitical, right? Nonpartisan. You were supposed to consider the nomination on its merits and not dependent on who was in the Oval Office. Now, of course, that's become far different and it's become strictly, you know, very much a political process. And they've changed the rules, you know, where uh, we, we saw that when, uh, the current Attorney General Merrick Garland was nominated by Oh. Uh, Obama in his last year, you know, suddenly the rule was, well, you can't nominate someone in your last year. That was changed, of course, during the Trump administration. So it's become very political. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the what you describe is where it should be based on, you know, just the best person. <laughs> what a utopia that is. So what do, what do we think about the, um, you know, because Biden promised to nominate uh, a black woman to the court when he was campaigning. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's very ironic that the week that the court decided to take up an affirmative action case, uh, there is this discussion about whether Biden will, of course, do what he said he would do during his campaign, which is, as you said, nominate an African-American female uh, to the court. There's been a short list, at least in terms of rumors of who that will be. But, yeah, he pledged to do so. And this week, uh, his press secretary reiterated that promise. So it looks like we will have the first African-American female on the bench. He's Rich Lenkoff, partner at Bryce Downey and Lenkoff. And, and you mentioned this case, this affirmative action case that's headed before the Supreme Court. And where maybe in the past there was, a, you know, the quote unquote, no chance of it getting anywhere. Uh, there appears to be a little more traction in this day and age. Can you help me understand this a little bit more when it, at least when it comes to colleges and universities considering race for applications, admission? You know, the court has consistently upheld the decision, a decision that has allowed universities and colleges to consider race as a factor. They have disallowed programs that have held that, you know, strict quotas applied, but they've upheld for many years and many different precedents the idea that a college like Harvard or like North Carolina that are the subject of this latest lawsuit, they can consider race as one of the factors to consider. Well, now the court on Monday has agreed to take up a challenge to that idea, a challenge to those precedents um, in two separate cases, like I said, against Harvard and the University of North Carolina. Uh, and the allegation is that considering race even as a factor disproportionately uh, favors some groups like blacks and like Hispanics and mm -hmm. disfavors whites and Asians Ameri and Asian Americans, believe it or not. So that's the allegation in these lawsuits. And because the court now is solidly conservative, uh, there's a seven to three majority. The justices who are now in the majority are the ones who dissented in these cases of the past, Alito and Thomas. Um, uh, so, by all accounts, the conservative majority might uh, overturn these precedents, allowing uh, uh, are these racial uh, considerations. Well, and if they did overturn it, I mean, what do you think would happen in the short term and the long term? Well, that's a good question. Certainly, you know, we don't we're not behind the scenes of these universities, and Harvard is a private university. Um, you know, in terms of public universities like you know, University of North Carolina, um, they, of course, uh, are subject to the United States Constitution because they're taking federal federal funds. So we don't really know what goes on behind closed doors in the admission process. But certainly they would now, if the court overturned these decisions, be no longer allowed to overtly consider race as a factor. Mm -hmm. Now, whether they would still consider that um, you know, is another question, but at least they would not legally be allowed to consider that as one of the factors they're looking into when they consider application. Hey, Rich, really appreciate your insight into this. Thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate having me on. He's Rich Lenkoff, partner at Bryce Downey and Lenkoff. I mean, it is it is interesting, and and I got to tell you, I, I'm I'm kind of split on the whole affirmative action thing. While I understand maybe the need for it, or at least the the genesis of it, in this day and age, should it continue to be? Uh, and how do you justify making a decision based on the color of one's skin, regardless of what well, color that is?
Yeah, that's interesting you say that. I agree that it, I think it served its purpose, I, I would hope. So now, you know, but I don't know. I, you know what? I, I'm not in the nitty-gritty part of the, the education system. And I will tell you that having had kids who, you know, just sort of recently went to college, they not only, you know, base it on race, they certain certain areas, say, you know, you live in DuPage County, certain schools, they or many schools, they will only take a certain number of kids from certain areas. Regardless if you're black, white, or whatever. Well, that kind of gets around it, doesn't it? I mean, if you only take, you know, you have a predominantly white neighborhood, you only take a certain number of people from it, well, you've kind of, you, you're yeah, doing maybe it by race it too, yeah. without but having I, to say, well, right, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I don't, I think it's not even based on the race. It's based on just the number of kids. You're only going to take a certain number of kids from one school. They're not going to let you, they, that's it. They, they have like these parameters. It's weird. I, I, who knows? Good morning. Happy Thursday. Thank you for spending some time with us. Say a reminder, by the way, that you can get your 890 in a variety of different ways. Some of you are listening right now on the radio. You old school people. I love it. All right. But you can also listen on your smart speaker. All you have to do is enable the skill. Just say, Alexa, enable the WLS skill. Stop it with that, Nick. Come on. I'm making it turn on. Uh, or you can just go to the skills section of your Alexa smartphone app and search for the w, uh, WLS AM 890. Either way, after you've enabled the skill, it's easy to listen just by saying, <clears throat> Alexa, <laughs> open WLS. Yeah, she's talking in the background. I love it. I just yeah. love the fact that I can make your ears turn on. Uh, Judy is with us right now. And, and Judy, you know, I, I will tell you that I certainly, when I was growing up, um, my mom and my dad never uh, told me that I needed to marry a doctor. Uh, I didn't get that kind of thing, but apparently maybe they should have. Uh, that's because researchers at Indiana University, we'll take that with a grain of salt, um, down in Bloomington, um, have found that your partner's education level might directly impact your health. Uh, this is interesting, and also to me, kind of a no-brainer. I, oh, uh, duh! In what way? I just feel like, well, I just feel like the more educated you are, the more likely you are to make smarter choices, right? Like in the household, right? Yeah, then in anything, in, in right. everything. Yeah, you're just you just have more knowledge. So you know, and actually, yeah, your parents probably didn't tell you to marry a doctor, but I'm no. pretty sure my parents probably said that to me. I think it was more doctor, of a girl lawyer. thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, and back in the day, marry a doctor. We didn't have there very many girl doctors like we do now. So you, there's still hope for you, Bruce. There's still hope. There's plenty of girl doctors out there. Uh, there Absolutely. are plenty of girl, and I, you've, uh, there's one we have on the air that you kind of, I think you have a crush on her anyway. Not to, not Doctor Arwardy, but the other one um, that we have on sometimes. You seem to really take a liking to her. Okay. And, you know, I, you I might like try to push them, that a little by bit. The way, I like well, you know what? You do like a doctor, as I can tell. <laughs> I, I, so, I gotta, so I yeah, I mean, and it doesn't have to just be a doctor, right? You no, just, it, higher study education. Is yeah. Higher education, yeah, going on to graduate school. So, yeah, I think the person will make, and for some reason, as I think as we just mentioned, not even for some reason, for the reason, women tend to benefit more from a brainy husband. But I think. A good brain on any side of the relationship is probably so, better. So, uh, uh, producer Tom is in here, and 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 Tom, are you a living example of this? Yeah, pretty much. 
You know, I'm marrying a. She's going to be a doctor of psychology, of developmental psychology. But oh my god, you're batting over your average. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. You have outkicked the coverage. I know. I'm like, I'm some idiot that pushes <laughs> buttons and moves levers. And you're going to marry a doctor of psychology. Exactly. I'm lucky. You're married, she's, yeah. Yeah. She's going to be. Uh, she does research over at the Children's Museum. Research. Yeah. I know. It's oh, crazy. For God's sake. I. You're going to live forever. Early. Oh you're yeah. Live I'm forever great. Based on this. Oh my god. It's it's fantastic. I, the kids are going to be geniuses, and they're going to be like, they're. There's dumb old dad in his smashing and pumpkins hoodie again. <laughs> what did you do today, dad? And oh, yeah, I booked this guy who eats cheese every day. Yeah, you know? and there's you know smart what? mom. The, the, the only good thing is, Tom, they're going to be looking at your their mom saying, what were you thinking? They're going to yeah. give you the pass because yeah. you're, you know, yeah, you're she dumbed one. it down. Yeah, yeah no, she dumbed it down in the relationship. But then, then that's when you ask yourself, is that's it better nice. to be the smarter one Ooh. or the not smarter one? Oh, it's or, way better to be Or me. equally smart. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I would like to play dumb. I think playing dumb is good. Yeah, well, hey, as long as you can get away with it, right? I, I like the idea <laughs> also that, that in a certain sense, I agree with you that it makes sense. Like, the more education there is in a household, the less likely you are to drink your own urine to cure COVID, for example. I, I just I, I just don't think that's going on in a lot of places with advanced PhD degrees. I just don't, right. I, I find it hard to believe. You know, I that, mean, that is a, pretty... a, a course of action in a lot of yeah. places where people have, oh, I don't know, graduated high school and above. There's a pretty big line between ignorant and educated, right? I mean, there's, and you don't have to, I don't, when we say educated, it doesn't mean you have to, this study says, you know, going to graduate school, but there are smart people. It's just, you can educate yourself in other ways than going to college, right? You, you're, you read, you, you know, I mean, there are things you can do to, to get more knowledge. So I think it's about that. It's about having the smarts and the knowledge and the experience to make better choices and decisions than people who don't, people who don't really care to go that route and just, you know, live by the seat of their pants. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, and again, I think it, it strikes me as so much common sense in there that when you're around somebody, I think there's also like a rising tides raise all ships. You know, that, that mm -hmm. uh, uh, if, if in any relationship, they're never 50-50, let's be honest. You, you, it's rare that you get matched up with somebody who's exactly the same as you are in every category. So somebody's going to have skills and, and you want to rise up to that level. I mean, you want to... Right. Right? So, Tom, is there any chance of you getting smarter? Oh, um, God, not a chance at all. I might None. learn how to change a tire. You know, okay. I think that's all about right. it. Maybe do my plumbing. but You're, you're going to be into lawn care and auto maintenance, basically, oh, yeah. is what you're saying. I okay. have to provide her because she's in books you know books is her realm yeah god She's, forbid yeah i can't I, i'm not sure i can mm. read anymore you know what's, but okay what's really underrated tom common sense if you can get some common sense i think you'll do okay because oh, don't i wish i could judy in this day and age i know it's it's hard to learn common sense sometimes you just have it but i feel like a lot of people lately i've i've the past few years has shown me that a lot of people don't have common sense. It's not nearly as you common as you would think it is, right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you don't have to have a you know degree in neurosurgery to have some common sense sometimes. Yeah. So, Tom, you might want to work on that. Yeah, I'll get my rocket surgeon's degree, you know. Yeah. Although mm. I would tell you, that, you know, we've all been around the really smart people, the, the ones that maybe like the really book smart, straight A, mm -hmm. valedictorian, all this, that and the other. And they're the people that, like you say, they walk into glass doors, you know, yeah, and they're the ones that yeah, wear two different colored socks, lack it. you right. know, and I'm like, OK, well, you know, you're good in other areas. I'll pick the right, socks. Yeah. How's that? We'll just go go from there. Opposites attract, right?
If you say so, I guess. All right. So Yeah, that's been my experience. There anyway. we go. Find yourself a doctor. Find yourself a lawyer, right? And uh, you're going to be healthier, live longer, and maybe you can just coast off of them. Give yeah. yourself a sugar mama. <laughs> there it is. Tom's got a sugar mama. Yes. Finally. I got to get me one of those. My dad would be so proud. Well, he's going to need that, right, in this industry. Absolutely you are. All right? I'm already looking forward to this weekend. If last weekend's football games are any indicator... Well, actually, if I think about it that way, we're probably in for just nothing but blowouts this weekend. Right? I I mean, you had four games last weekend that were all decided by a a, a walk-off score. Literally, the last score of the game uh, uh, ended the game. And by a kick, right? Uh, Three of them, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Just amazing. Uh, One of them went into overtime, three in regular. uh, I don't know if I've seen anything like that in in endings like that in football in quite some time. Usually, you get these games and it's like, "Eh, it's 35 to three and a half. We can go home now. Hey, joining (laughs) us right now is uh, Danny Burke. And Danny is host of VSIN's Bet on Chicago. You can hear it Saturday nights right here at 7 on WLS. Hey, good morning to you. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I know you're talking about those games and <sighs> all about it. I mean, it was incredible. And not only that, I mean, look, the Bears weren't playing, but Chicago fans can rejoice because Aaron Rodgers was eliminated. Yes! He, uh, can't be too bad about that. Hey, he was not only eliminated, he was eliminated by a former Bears kicker and a, a quarterback from Arlington Heights. I mean, come on. I can, could get any better. Oh, absolutely. That's exactly where I'm from, Arlington Heights. So I'm always go. rooting for the guy for him to take down AR-12. Made me very happy, to say the least. Outstanding. So, you know... Well, I, well, wait, I was ecstatic even... It was even better when Tom Brady went down. Ha, 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 ha. I mean, look, I mean, these these older guys are going down. The new wave of quarterbacks are coming through, and that's a new era of the NFL you're seeing, and we can only hope Justin Fields fans out the same way, or at least even a half of like that. If we oh. could get that man, I mean, that would be fantastic. Your mouth to God's ears, Danny. He's Danny Burke again, host of VSIN's Bet on Chicago, Saturday nights uh, here on WLS. And you know what? I, I, you think about sports betting, uh, the accessibility, uh, the apps. I mean, I, if I feel like, and maybe uh, some of them it goes into fantasy football, it's just exploded in the last couple of years. Uh, this is a huge industry now. Oh, it's it's just getting bigger and bigger, really, on a month-to-month basis, and you really see it highlighted when it comes around to football season. I mean, NFL is king. That's where the bookmakers, oddsmakers, everybody's making their bread, and that's really where your you know average Joe wants to get involved. I mean, there's people who have absolutely no interest in it who come up to me and they see about all these accounts tweeting about it. You know, people getting these big bets and just watching these games, knowing they could have some skin on it. Because look, I mean, even if you're throwing you know, a, a little bit of money on it. It makes it so much more interesting. It, yeah. it really does. And, and there's just so many unique things you can do aside from just betting teams straight up against the spread with the total. You can do props. You can do first half bets. You can do futures. So many different things you can do that really pertain to a novice better, and then you can grow from that point on. But it's, wow. it's booming, and it's only going to keep getting bigger. And, Danny, are you finding uh, that young people are are big betters. I mean, I, I think that's a kind of a new thing. Like my sons are big. You know, I didn't do that, or I didn't really know a lot of people who did that. But young people like to bet. Oh, they they absolutely <laughs> love it, and it's funny because I mean, like 
Look, you know, growing up, I was always a gambler, but it wasn't necessarily sports betting. I mean, I always loved sports, but I didn't correlate the two probably till I went to college, found a bookie. But I definitely wasn't throwing as much money as some of these kids are nowadays. That's for sure. I'm like, I'm seeing my buddy's friend in high school, and he's throwing like this obscene amount out of bed. I was like, how do you have all this money available? But crypto millionaires, <laughs> right away, these kids are getting uh, hooked into it, and, and for the most part, they're not going too crazy. But hey, I best I, I guess if you get started off sooner rather than later, you'll uh, learn your lesson. Yeah. Hey, Danny, so we're looking at the games. we got two games this weekend. Winner moves on to the Super Bowl and uh, uh, some pretty interesting ones. Let's 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 talk nuts and bolts right now. You've got your Cincinnati Bagels headed to Kansas City. A lot of people think, uh, you know, I mean, Kansas City is becoming uh, the new Patriots. They just automatically go to the Super Bowl every year. Uh, And the Chiefs are favored by seven. Is that I, I, I think that's a little optimistic. Yeah, you know, in terms of this spread, you look at it at seven, and it's not surprising, I'll say. And it's not just because of what Kansas City is is able to do offensively. It's not just that. It's not just because it's Patrick Mahomes, the experience, and how great he is at home playoff games. I think the record's like seven and one. But you have to look at the other side and go, okay, what's the weakness of the Cincinnati Bengals? Now, they've had a favorable road to get here in the sense that, look, the Raiders – Probably one of the weaker playoff teams. Still a close game. And then afterward, Tennessee, arguably one of the worst number oh. one seeds in NFL playoff history. Like, to me, that wasn't surprising at all. Not at Cincinnati all. Advanced I mean, it's Ryan Tannehill. This playoff just shows that you need good quarterback play more than ever. Yeah. So, again, it's not surprising that it's at seven. And the big issue also with the Bengals here, guys, is that this offensive line is just brutal. I mean, he got sacked nine times against Tennessee and Kansas City, not the best defense in the NFL by any stretch of the imagination, but they're going to know how to scheme against him. They're going to do well enough to put pressure on him. And then it's a matter of, well, can you keep up with Patrick Mahomes? And I find that hard for them to do, but you're right. You know, I'm not running to the counter to lay that seven. This thing might go up to seven and a half. So if you do want to bet Kansas City, you should do it sooner rather than later. I'm probably going to wait to see till we get a little bit closer to the weekend Maybe look at a prop bet with the Bengals team total. It's at about 23.5. If it gets to about 24 or 24.5 at some books, I'm going to bet the under because, again, I think that offensive line is really going to hinder Joe Burrow's ability in this game on the road. Yeah, Danny Burke is the host of VSIN's Bet on Chicago every Saturday night here at 7. i got to believe that after that game, Joe Burrow took back all the Christmas presents. He got his offensive line. He's going to, yeah, you guys don't get that. Give me those watches back, whatever it was he got from. The other game, uh, real quickly, I do, I do want to be able to touch on it. You've got, uh, well, you've got a big California matchup. The Niners head to the Rams. This one, uh, at least the odds maker thinks, is going to be a little closer. Yeah, how about it? The third go-around with these teams, San Francisco is taking care of business in both of the first two games. I mean, they won 31-10 to in the primetime game at the beginning of the season. Then, last game of the season, they came back from a 17-point deficit. So you look at this and you go, well, it's got to be an automatic dub for the 49ers. But, look, it's hard to beat a team two times, let alone three times. Yeah. And the Rams are catching fire at the right time. This thing at three and a half. I was wishing it was going to trend more down towards San Francisco and maybe it'll get some late money going that way because I do think the Rams get the job done. I just don't want to lay over a field goal with it because San Francisco, as much criticism as people do give Jimmy Garoppolo, look, he gets the he job wins. done. And they All he does is so win. Well. 
Oh, absolutely. And and what I wanted to bet, too, was his total going under. However, you kind of missed the boat. Went up to 47. Now it's 45 and a half. But I do mm. think because of the familiarity, because of these defenses, and the lack of dominance offensively, that you do see from Jimmy G that this could be a lower-scoring affair out of the NFC side. Danny, th- this is exactly what you get on your show every Saturday night, and it's amazing you are tuned into this world. And thank you so much for your insight into this weekend's games. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me on and enjoy the slate this weekend. Will do. Saturday nights at 7 right here on WLS. Danny Burke, the host of Vsin's Bet on Chicago with a little bit of a, a primer looking ahead at this weekend's games. You know what? We have uh, uh, important dates uh, around, and one of them is Holocaust Remembrance Day. And joining us right now, well, to really put a finer point on it and, and hopefully learn some more about it, is Kelly Zanny. And Kelly is the Vice President of Education and exhibitions at the Illinois Holocaust Museum. Good morning to you, Kelly. Good morning. Thanks for having me. I pronounced your last name right? You did. Great job. <sighs> Outstanding. <laughs> uh, I, I will, uh, full disclosure, I have not been to your museum. I've been to the National uh, Holocaust Museum in Washington, D.C., and I can, I, I, I can tell you that I don't know what I thought going in, but I was unbelievably moved walking out. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the, number one, you have to come and visit. I would love to give you a tour. Um, But I think one of the things that's, you know, really special about Illinois Holocaust Museum is that, you know, through our core and special exhibitions, we're using not only the history, but the lessons of the Holocaust to remind our visitors that, you know, there is still much work to do in the equity of fighting anti-Semitism and hatred against all peoples. But, I think you'll find that you leave the museum hopefully more enlightened, more empowered to take action and go out and make a difference in your community as you already are. You're here. And and you have this like new virtual reality experience. Can you describe that? Yeah, we're so excited. So today we officially open our A Journey Back, a VR experience, which is a first of its kind virtual reality, uh, 360 multi-sensory experience that allows our visitors to tour with two of our Holocaust survivors, Fritzi Fritschall and George Brent, the concentration camps of Auschwitz, Mauthausen, and Ebensee. Wow. I, I, I got to tell you that even, even just hearing about this, it's amazing. Today is International Holocaust Remembrance Day. And, you know, you touched on something a little bit ago, and I, I didn't want to gloss over it, that uh, we, we recently had somebody on talking about the rise in anti-Semitism, the attacks. Uh, uh, we had this synagogue attack, for God's sakes, in, in Texas uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Um, do you think that your, your museum, your education center uh, can help diffuse some of this? Yeah, so I think what is important about our museum, first and foremost, I think we started the baseline of just education, right? And raising awareness of, you know, people need to remember when we look at acts of anti-Semitism today before, you know, it even escalates to the violence we saw uh, at the synagogue a few weekends ago. But even when we look back at the Holocaust, you know, the Nazis and their collaborators didn't start by killing people. They started by words. And the power of our words to separate and exclude and dehumanize people. And so to understand um, through the lens of the Holocaust and other atrocities what words can do to uh, separate people and then how that ultimately could lead to persecution 
um, an exclusion and the othering before we even get to the killing. So understanding even just that simple baseline of how we can ultimately get to the violence uh, that we continue to see today. And I think many of us, we know a lot about the Holocaust and, and what happened and how it happened. And But do we learn anything new at the museum, and especially when we're with, the, with an actual survivor and seeing it from their point of view? So you hit on the exact point, <laughs> is that I think, you know, we can all say that, you know, we're aware of what happened, you know, between 33 and 45. But I think that when you, you do it through the lens and story of our Holocaust survivors, you're learning a completely new experience. You know, I've had the, the wonderful gift of being able to meet hundreds of survivors each time I learn something new. And I think, how is it possible that they survived? Or there, you know, you might meet two survivors who were in the same ghetto and they have a completely different perspective or a different camp. Or you, you learn something through the stories of our survivors, you know, not only about survival, but just resilience and strength. And I think, you know, through our core exhibition at Illinois Holocaust Museum, we tell the story of the Holocaust through our own Chicago survivors uh, and how they survived and what their family went through. And I think, you know, it's it's really informative for any of the visitors that come. You know what it sounds like to me? Again, we're talking to Kelly uh, Zanian. Kelly is the vice president of education and exhibitions at the Illinois Holocaust Museum. We are speaking to her on this International Holocaust Remembrance Day. That while the 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 Holocaust and the events that surrounded it are. Uh, horrific. Uh, it's like words don't even, <laughs> words cannot describe what went on. There is a bit of a, a positive. You do, you do kind of, when you bring people through this, there is a message. There is some uplifting at the end. Do I get that sense from you? Yeah, you're spot on. I think that, you know, even, you know, even 20 years ago when I got involved and I heard my first survivor, when you, when you step back and you go through everything that these survivors went through, the fact that they survived, number one, is just incredible. But when you hear their stories of resiliency and resourcefulness, and sometimes even luck and chance, they'll tell you, right, that they survived. But then to learn how they really worked to rebuild their lives in the aftermath of the Holocaust, it wasn't just that they were liberated and they were free, right, because they didn't have homes to go back to or families, but they were really able to rebuild their life and have families and be successful and, you know, through the establishment of our museum even, right, mm -hmm. fight the hatred we continue to see with education. And I think that that's a hopeful message for anybody, that even in the darkest of times or out of the darkest of times, you can also focus on those sparks of light of uh, individuals who continue um, to work to educate today about what happened. Outstanding. And, you know, it's interesting you, you said um, for this exhibit, 1933 to 45, I think a lot of people don't realize that 1933 year. We, we tend How to think early it started, war, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we just, we have this specific, you know, mindset of it was just during the, the you know, that's, that four years or five years, not exactly. how long it actually was. Exactly, and I think, you know, to to what I mentioned earlier, to think about, you know, Hitler and the Nazis come to power in 1933 and over really, a, you know, six, seven, eight to nine year period, implement over 400 different laws that are meant to exclude Jews and others that they deem to be undesirable from society. That goal was to, 
get the Jewish people out of the country. That was really the first step, and to make life so miserable for them that they would leave. Um, and then when that doesn't work and the Nazis begin to occupy Poland, which is usually when we start to focus on it in 1939, 1940, that's when we start to see the ghettos and really what we come to know as the final solution, the start of the, the annihilation of the Jewish people. Kelly, we really appreciate your time today. People can find out more information. They can uh, uh, book, book their trip now uh, to the Illinois Holocaust Museum and Education Center, ilholocaustmuseum.org. Outstanding. And thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much. And please come visit. Will do. Oh, Absolutely. We will. Thank you so much to Kelly Zanny for that. I, I, I mentioned before that I'd been to the International uh, Holocaust, the National Gallery, the National Museum there, uh, uh, the U.S. Holocaust Memorial Museum is the official title there in D.C. And I got to tell you, there was, you know how different images kind of stick with you through your life? And when I hear Holocaust, the image that sticks with me is there is a um, a section of the museum with the shoes. All of these shoes, uh, little shoes, big shoes, dress shoes, flip-flops almost. The shoes of the victims of the Holocaust. And it, it, you stand in front of this, and for whatever reason, you know, you, you, you hear about numbers, and, and, and you see these images of people, and you stand in front of this huge bin that is full of the actual shoes left behind. And I just, for me, it always stuck with me. It's one of those things that kind of gives you the chills, you know, every time you saw it. And uh, uh, like I said before, an incredibly moving experience and, and a good thing to remember on this International Holocaust Day. Good morning to you. Happy Thursday. It's Bruce and Judy. And, you know, we all have our, our favorite menu items, maybe your favorite fast food place. Are there any things that are discontinued that you wish they would bring back? 312-591-8900. Is there something they used to sell and you just can't figure out why they don't anymore? Because you would buy it all the bleeping time. How come it's only the things I want all the time they decide to get rid of? I'm immediately uh, bring to mind the McRib sandwich which which i okay here's what i don't understand why don't they sell it year-round is it a marketing ploy that yeah. if it's only available certain times i'm gonna is. go stand in line but i would yeah. i would have a delicious mcrib which yeah, contains no rib i'm pretty sure would yeah, i get tired of it would i get rid of it? Uh... well not you personally you're right but most people i mean you make it special by only offering it at certain times right. Like a shamrock shake, same thing, right? Yeah, yeah. right. But you know what I really miss that they don't have is that apple they? pie. Oh, yeah, McDonald's. McDonald's. Yeah. The apple pie. They used to yeah, throw in an apple pie always at the end, right? Throw in a couple apple pies. By the way, that might be news to some people that they don't sell the fried apple yeah, pie. I, I didn't know that. I didn't know. Really? Yeah, yeah they got rid of the... It, it, yeah, that's done. Mm. Yeah. Those I don't know, a couple, couple years. <laughs> It's good that you don't know that, Nick. I, I actually appreciate the fact that you don't know that. So yeah, yeah. that means you don't go and get it a lot. So Taco Bell but used to have the uh, beef, uh, what was it, the steak gordita. A gordita. Supreme. Well, yeah, keep in they mind. Don't they don't even have chicken, soft chicken tacos anymore. Taco Bell has a variety of things with names that sound like they might be based in the Mexican language that are not. Oh, right, right. There is no gordita. <laughs> Okay, that's not a taquito. Those aren't real things. You're telling me 7-Eleven's not selling? Yeah, I don't go to Taco Bell that much, but every time I go, they're always out of what I want. Oh. Does that happen to you guys? 
No. Mm-hmm. So it, they'll, I'll see the commercial for whatever it is that week, and I'm like, oh, that looks good. And then I go, and they don't. And there's oh, a run on we're, them. We're already out. I, I guess. I got to tell you, now, this, not, is, this is not meant to throw Kentucky Fried Chicken under the bus because, well, it might even taste better under a bus. I'm not sure. But the point being is, <laughs> I was at a Kentucky Fried Chicken in Puerto Rico. By the way, they love them some chickens in Puerto mm-hmm. Rico. And I walked in, and I said, I'll have, like, the three-piece. He goes, we don't have any chicken. I'm, I'm sorry, what? what? He goes, we're out of, we're out of chicken. I, I was like, I look around, I'm like, I'm looking for the camera, you know, and I'm like, okay, can I, can I just get a side of those mashed potatoes? Yeah, we don't have that either. Okay, let's work backwards at this point. Um, what do you have left? Because apparently it's nothing of what I think you sell at Kentucky Fried Chicken. Can I get a waffle? Can I please get a waffle? <laughs> hey Brian in East Chicago. What are the what do you what can't you find anymore? What don't they have? I tell you what, hostess used to make blueberry pies. Okay. And they don't make them anymore. And I called the corporate you, office. You went to corporate. <laughs> yeah. I called them. You went. And I said what well, well, what's the problem? What gives? Uh well, we don't do it anymore because it is too expensive. <sighs> That's you said I, and you said there's no price I wouldn't pay for a blueberry pie from Hostess. Thank you, Brian. I love that Brian yeah. went to corporate. <laughs> I think oh, so. Yeah. Like, literally went up the thing. Uh, hey, Tommy in Aurora, we were talking about the McRib sandwich only being available. I don't, I don't know what McRib season is when it comes out. What about you? Would you Would you eat a plant based McRib sandwich, sir? It sounds like a dare. Um, <laughs> I might try one, but I don't know if I... Why? Is is that a thing? Are they bringing that? Oh, I'm sure they will. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably just around the corner. The plant-based McRib, would you eat it year-round? I don't know. I don't... Uh, because if it tastes like it, why not? Well, and that's... Well, if they put enough of that sauce on it, hell, anything could taste like it. A piece yeah. of... I mean, they can put styrofoam in there and be like, this is a delicious McRib. And you said it yourself. Is it even ribs? I mean, is it really? Do I don't think it contains right off the anything bone? even yeah. rib substitute. Yeah, yeah it's a yeah. rib-based uh, uh, meal. McDonald's has taken a variety. McDonald's specifically has yanked a bunch of things. Does anybody remember onion nuggets? Uh, Instead of like an onion <laughs> ring. Doesn't sound good. Right? No, they were like a nugget, uh, deep fried, uh, slightly breaded, and you would dip them. An onion nugget. Yeah, there's a reason yeah, they didn't stick around, I think. Yeah, I think that's yeah probably the name for one. Yeah. But along the lines that everything is better in nugget form, and maybe that isn't true, they also did fish McBites. So they were like oh, really? the Again, fish nuggets, no. I guess. Ew. I don't want to eat the nuggets of a fish. Remember the okay. Big and Tasty? We used to call it the Big and Nasty. Oh. <sighs> it was kind of good, though. Big I, I get what well, you Ooh. felt nasty afterward, but it was kind of I needed good. a nap yeah. after it. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I'm going to have to lie down. No doubt about it. That is uh, your Mickey D's for you. Uh, hey, Dave, uh, calling from Chicago. What, do you, what are you missing? You know, I was completely bonkers for KFC's barbecue chicken, and it is gone with the wind. No. They don't have it anymore. What in God's green earth? I don't know what's next. You know, I, I, my guess is it's because they put an addictive chemical in it that makes you crave it fortnightly. All there right? you go. Yeah. <laughs> They have the original recipe, and yep. they have the crispy, but there's no, no more barbecue. barbecue anymore. Oh. I mean, I... it was awesome. Finger yeah. looking good. Dave, call corporate. <laughs> you need to get on the horn on the blower yeah. like our other guy. Yeah. Just start calling corporate and go, whatever happened?
I'm calling corporate as soon as I <laughs> Yeah. Hey, Mark, uh, where in Indiana are you today? Dyer. Okay. Well, I'm driving now, so I'm not in Dyer now. Fair no. enough. You're on the road. Thank you for listening. Two hands on the wheel, Mark. Uh, what are you missing? What can't you find anymore? Onion bagel from Dunkin' Donuts. I find it amazing they don't have an onion bagel. They don't. Whoops. It ain't the same. Really? Okay. Well, there you have it. We'll have speaks with them as well. Thank you for that. All right. A lot of people out there with things, they just disappear off the menu. They take them away from us. They hook you on it. They hook you on it, and then they take it away. I see how they are. It's got to be a money thing, right, if they're not selling. Because why? It's If it's popular, don't get rid of it. I don't understand why. Well, I'm going to assume that just because I eat it everything. may not mean it's popular. I might be the right. only one. I, and and while I sure think it's I, fantastic, maybe they don't. I never heard of barbecue KFC, to tell you the truth. So that must have been a kind of a fly-by-night. Yeah. Good morning to you and a happy Thursday. Let's kick the 8 o'clock hour off, taking a look at some of the big stories out there. Mayor Lightfoot is getting it from all angles. And now, Arnie Duncan has come out. Uh, she taking her to task on the gang asset seizure plan. It seems to all be part of a coordinated effort as he looks like he might be running for mayor of Chicago. Judy? Moderna doses the first person in the company's phase two trial for a booster shot that is specific to the Omicron variant. All right, gin up the outrage. It looks like a Supreme Court justice will be retiring. Justice Stephen Breyer, 83 years old. You've done your time. I'm good with that, is uh, looking to step out, which means that President Biden will have a chance to nominate someone to that seat and let the fighting begin. So I'm not even clear. Okay, so apparently the mask that I've been wearing for two years, the one that I don't wash. has only been washed never. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, it, rained exactly. on it. it rained on it one once. One mask never washed. That counts. Kind of. <laughs> it got wet. Yeah. I let it, I let it yeah. dry. Um, these don't actually do anything. They look good. But they don't do well, anything. Well, it's not that they don't do anything. It's just that, you know, and you learn over time, right? I mean, we've learned things as, as time goes on that apparently the N95 mask is really the one that's going to keep you the safest. So, I yeah, don't have I mean, one I'm of still, those. Oh, and I don't either. And they were hard to get at one point. But never fear, your government is... Whoops. The government's going to take over and yeah. distribute the masks. Ugh. And so apparently what's happened is is that uh, you'll be able to get free ones. Well, free? Free? You use that I, term I, loosely, I, I, right? I, We're using finger We're quotes, Nick. <laughs> the people that are making the masks ain't losing money on this deal, uh, right? Uh, sure. you, free N95 masks coming to CVS and Walgreens this week. So is it just going to be like a, a pile of them there and you just get to go pick one up on your way in? Now, apparently you're limited to three masks per person. What, am I going to have to sign in and out of masks? There are 400 million of them. We, are you ready for this? We have a strategic national stockpile of masks. It's right next oh. to the oil. Uh, we get the oil <laughs> stockpile. We get the mask stockpile. And uh, you will be able to get your free mask here coming up this week. Did you sign up for your free COVID at home test? We signed up for them, yeah. Um, well, still I haven't too. seen them yet. I did too, just to see if it would show up. Knowing yeah, how the right. mail, knowing how the mail works here, I, I, I'm I'm assuming that I'll get <laughs> mine somewhere around August. 
Yeah. You know, yeah, just when you don't need them. Yeah. Right. I wonder, though, how much these masks, you know, when the government buys something that's always jacked up in price, right? So what should be a dollar <laughs> mask is really cost yeah. of the government probably $6.95. Right. Yeah. It's it's like the $400 toilets on uh, on yep. airplanes or something. Yeah. And when you're doing when you're doing government bids, there's some program out there. Yeah. So I'm always always be careful when they use the term free and the government because there is no such thing. So you'll be able to get your free masks that we're supposed to wear. But I mean, I I just it just strikes me And and guys, not only that, but free test kits as well. Yeah, yeah, ordered ordered ours, and uh, we'll see if they show up, you know, yeah. allegedly. Uh, I also saw a sign in the Walgreens right right over here uh, in Streeterville that, that they had the, the tests for sale, the at-home uh, rapid tests, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it said they put a little, like, extra sign-up that said you can, you can get reimbursed for it. Like, you've got to, what, turn in your receipts to the government, and they'll pay for it. How, how does that yeah, work? Well- I have well, a, I, apparently I have all, an expense account with the federal government. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> this all happened when I um I I had COVID. I'm actually getting over COVID. Um, I bought I don't know twelve tests. Really, three of us. Well, because there's so many people in my household. How, many, how much testing. are the tests, by the way? Um, they are not cheap. Uh, they were uh, around, around yeah, around thirty dollars. Oh, wow. I think. Yeah, is that for two tests? Maybe the thirty dollars okay. mm-hmm. ones. They have two tests. So in that's them. quite an investment in tests. Yes, yeah, so I, but it was right around the time where they said we're going to start paying for the test. So I did save all my receipts. I haven't done it yet, but yeah, I thought maybe they would go to the insurance company, but no, they they will probably go to the government. And that I think I would get that. It's like when I do the um, you know any kind of uh, you know the, the Menards thing, you know, send in your receipt and you can get Very whatever. Mm-hmm. It yeah, it takes about I don't know nine ten months. Yeah. So, oh, you know, oh, yeah, it's I've long. Not expecting and, anything quickly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's same with the tests through the mail. I mean, you know, when will those so arrive? The, these 400 million free, I'm using finger quotes again, N95. What's the difference between an N95 and a KN95? I don't mean to spring this on people, but I literally have no idea. The, Neither does anyone else. Yeah. I, well, there is something about them being manufactured in China. Or and maybe even elsewhere that they're not as good. Which I'm not one is them as good? Fake. The N95 period mask is the good one. That, oh, that's there's some there's so some of them, and you really need to do a little bit of research. Um, there are some masks that the CDC set, like authorizes. It has like a, and I I guess it does. It's not on the mask, but on the box you get them or the package you get the mask, and it will say that it's certified or FDA certified. And, and that's what the difference is. Wow. So some of these masks, they're, I, I guess we can say they're kind of fake. You know, they, they don't, they're just not up to standard. Well, they're ready. They're to, set to Chinese standards. It's for the Chinese yeah. standards for their medical masks, but. It's not uh, like they're counterfeit. It's, it's, yeah, they're not they're counterfeit. Like the, the, the KN, KN95. Yeah, KN95, called, yeah. whereas N95 is just what we would be up to American well, medical Right, standard. what the FDA approved, yeah. And Bruce, in your case, since you're wearing a mask that has never I've washed, never worn an N or yeah, KN I don't in my life. so worried about I that. I'm yeah. not going to worry at all, quite honestly. Don't even don't wash so. it at this point. Point, throw it away. No, come throw it on. away. This Get a new mask. Now no, it's a classic. No. Uh, it's not it's, a classic. It's my brand. Uh, are you it's kidding me? I'm keeping it. 
it's filled with no, bacteria. It's not. No, and, oh, it couldn't possibly God be. This mask would else. never hurt yeah. me. Look at this mask. You got to send it to the Smithsonian. They'll put it <laughs> yeah, right exactly. next to uh, there you, go. you know they'll Archie Bunker's chair. Yeah, airtight glass. I've got the I've got the uh, the Air Force A10 mask. I'm not getting rid of this one. But here here yeah, I got a warthog mask. Uh, but here's one of the things. Now you're having places where they are requiring you to wear an N95 mask. Like, I'm, I'm waiting for the moment. I, I heard this. How about this? At the Super Bowl, which is in Los Angeles right. this year. Right. You sh- I show up with my super cool cloth mask, looking the part, and they're going to hand me an N95 mask and say, no, 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 you need to wear this one. Wow. Uh, you will not be able to, to quote, unquote, wear your own mask. That well, isn't at least they're certified. providing it. I mean, well, yeah, yeah absolutely. for free, uh, they've worked it into the price of the ticket now. I'm sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. don't worry about that. So, wasn't yeah. that big game supposed to move to Nevada because of all? They that, talked. Uh, well, they were worried about there being happened, so many. Huh? Well, they were worried about there being so many restrictions and issues in the city of Los Angeles that you couldn't hold a large event like that. Yeah. So, anyway, that is uh, that is what's going on. Hey, good morning to you. A happy Thursday. Thanks a lot for spending some time with us today. Bruce and Judy with you. And we're joined by Dale Bowman. And Dale is a columnist at the Chicago Sun-Times. You are the outdoors columnist. It's nice to meet you, Dale. We haven't ever met in person or talked on the radio. It's good to talk to you. It is good to talk to you. I had, And we have never met or talked. So There you go. First. And here we are. And you know what I need help with, Dale? And I figure you're the guy to go to because you recently were talking about, and it got us thinking about ice fishing. This is a thing around here. Where are we, at least when it comes to the fishing uh, in and around the area? Uh, Well, we have plenty of ice. And (laughs) um, (laughs) yes, that's not always true. Fair Uh, enough. But. and this year it happened to come in in a particularly good way. We didn't have a lot of snow cover when the ice was forming, so it it came in very strong and clear. Ooh. And, in fact, it was probably too clear. It made the fish a little skittish. Uh, the recent little snows that we've had have, have actually helped fishing some. Uh, you don't want too much snow because then it acts like a blanket and insulates and makes the ice sloppy. I, I'm so learning where, a lot about ice fishing. Judy, go ahead. <laughs> where can yeah, me too, actually. Where can you go like ice fishing in Chicago? In Chicago itself? Or yeah. in the area? Yeah, in the in area. In the area. Anywhere. I in mean, well area. let me put it this way. Can you ice fish anywhere? Uh, pretty much. I mean anywhere you're allowed to go. Uh there are some places that have restrictions on them. Uh some of the forest preserves do not. Cook County does, but uh some of the outlying uh, forest preserves do not allow ice fishing on their uh, lakes. Understood. Uh, the best one around here is the chain of lakes. I mean, that's a way of life up there. Mm. And there's guides and uh, businesses that are specifically set up to cater to ice fishing. I mean, it, it's really a way of life because the chain of lakes is far enough north that they can get three, four months of ice fishing in, in a good year. And I, they've had it for about a month now up there. Wow. Hey, we're talking to Dale Bowman, uh, outdoor columnist for the Chicago Sun-Times, about ice fishing. And you also, uh, you you were providing some advice about how to get your, uh, how to get kids into, uh, not just ice fishing, but fishing in general, the the sport, the love of of that. Um, What are some of those tips for the parents out there that want to take their kids along and expose them to this? 
Well, I think the three, if you want bullet points, it's time, food, and fish. Okay. And by time, I mean that you got to know your kid. I mean, if they can only take 15 minutes, only go for 15 minutes, don't try and make it a two-hour day. And food's the other thing. Food and drink is the other thing. Kids love, they get bored, they eat, or they drink. <laughs> And I mean that's simple. Or, not or just kids, Dale. Not, yeah. not just kids who throw it out there. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Uh, and the other, the other thing is that I know this worked pretty. I'm not not alone in this. Uh, promising ice cream on the way home is, is kind of a. <laughs> uh, yep. You got it figured out. Is and ice other, fishing like the, a better time to take it to to like introduce your kids rather than just like during the summer? I mean, is there something about ice no. fishing that's no, okay. I would I would go in the summer if you're going to take okay. a kid. I would definitely go in the summer, in part because uh, it's a little easier to catch fish, and it's and the weather's just better. I sure, mean, it's yeah. just better. Yeah, you got to have the hardy kids out there. Dale uh, again, Dale Bowman, Chicago Sun Times outdoor columnist. Uh, what kind of fish are people catching? What can you expect? You're, you're dropping your line through the hole in the ice. What are people yanking out this time of year? The Probably heading the list would be uh, what we call panfish, things like bluegill um, and crappie. Crappie are kind of the favorite target. Uh, bluegill are, are probably, if you're taking kids out, I would definitely be going for bluegill mm-hmm. uh, just because they they're, they bite easily and hard, and, you, and if you're on them, you got them. Um, and then uh, for the more hardcore, largemouth bass and uh, walleye on tip-ups. Ooh. And tip-ups are those little machines that you put over top of, not machines, or devices you put over top of a, a hole in the ice, and you have the, the bait drop down below there. Uh, otherwise, you're jigging in, in a hole. So. Got it. Well, jigging in a hole. We're learning the terminology, too, while we're in it. We're going to be experts by the end of this, Dale. Now, where do I get one of those huts? Can I just buy those at Menards? <sighs> I'm not sure if Menards got them. Uh, <laughs> You know, you want to go to an outdoors uh, uh, place or go to um, a tackle store. Most of the tackle stores will have them. Uh, I also think like uh, uh, farm and fleet type Mm -hmm. of stores will have them. I'm trying to remember if I've seen any in – I don't think I've seen any in like Lowe's or Menards, but I could be wrong. Well, if, if you I just get if, angry, if, Texas. Well, I was going to say, Dale, if you just show up with uh, maybe enough uh, refreshments and uh, and drinks, you could just cozy up into somebody else's too. I mean, you know, fishing is uh, communal in that sense. Yes. Well, I would also suggest that if you don't have a nice fisherman in among your friend set, you should expand your friend set. You don't have good enough friends. That's a good <laughs> yeah. point, Dale. Well, you know how I, I feel like I go to the Chain of Lakes and I can rent a boat. You can almost do anything there. Can't I go to the Chain of Lakes and do, are there any companies that actually like set you up if you want to just ice fish for the day where they already have the hut out there and, and the beer? Bingo. I, I don't need the beer, no, because I think you need a liquor license for that. But that's a really good question. Somebody uh, figured that out a few years ago, that that's a business that uh, would work, and it does. They've been off, and they've been pretty lucky. They've had a couple good winners for ice fishing. And there are places that do that, and will take you out. They will also, if you need them, be guides, but they will also, what they'll primarily do is, is just take you out and put you on fish, mm-hmm. have the... the uh, shelter there, uh, and and you're able to fish from there. They also have guides that will actually take you around and help you catch fish. 
Outstanding. Dale, thank you so much. We sincerely appreciate your time. It was a delight talking to you today. It was wonderful talking to you guys and good questions. Thank All you. All right. Hey, he's Dale Bowman, the uh, outdoor columnist for the Chicago Sun-Times. Uh, here's what I need. If we're going to go ice fishing, somebody else has got to go out on the ice first and make sure they don't fall through it. That's what, that's what yeah, I need the guide always. for. You, we're going to go fishing. Well, you first. You kind of get out there and you <laughs> jump up and down a few times and then I'll meet you. Okay? I'll meet you. Hey, Nick Gale is standing by. And Nick, uh, well, it looks like maybe some justice for... A horrific act of violence. I think for a lot of people, the movie is Groundhog Day to them. And we we talked earlier uh, in the week um, uh, with the folks from from Woodstock, you know, where it was actually filmed, Mm -hmm. you know, and how this uh, whole town of of, of Woodstock, Illinois, really is is geared around the movie itself and how 30 30, years later, still living on that movie. It's amazing. Astounding. Yeah. But, you know, you got to take it. You got the movie, right? Got to have a musical, don't you? Joining us right now is Alex Syak. And Alex, how are you? Good morning to you. Hello, I am good. How are you? I am excellent. You play the the role that Bill Murray played in the movie in Groundhog Day, the musical. It's at the Paramount Theater. You are Phil Connors. Yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) My first question is going to be, is this just you singing I Got You, Babe, over and over and over again? So, uh, no, as entertaining as that would be. It would be um, fantastic. <laughs> no, this, uh, this this score of the musical is wonderful. If, uh, if you're familiar with Tim Minchin's work, comedy singer-songwriter guy, he wrote the whole score, mm-hmm. and it's wonderful. So, original score, it's, it's really, a, really a hoot, so... I'm trying to wrap my head around it being a musical. Like, can you describe yeah. it a little bit? Yeah, of course. So, I mean, it's it's really everything you remember from the movie. The, you know, waking up every day is the same thing. Um, moral redemption story, of course. But uh, it's it's really what, what I think uh, defines it in sort of, Basically, it's a hectic. It's a it's a hectic show. Basically, we're repeating the same day over and over. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna you're gonna see the people coming in, changing costumes every thirty seconds. You know, to cre- create this image of a of a town gone mad for Phil Connors. You know. Uh, Alex Syak plays Phil Connors again, the the character that uh, immortalized by Bill Murray. A little bit of pressure. Right there, don't you yeah. think? Oh, a little bit of pressure. I'm just yeah. saying, you know. It, it, it is. It, it tends to be the first thing people bring up. Um, <laughs> it was a second for me. I brought up I Got You, Babe, first. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, we. I mean, obviously, I'm a huge fan of Bill Murray. Then this movie, you know, it's, it's, it's in my... It's in my it's, basically, I'll watch the movie at least once a year. It's one of those movies. You have not, to. Not, not usually on Groundhog Day, but... Yeah, I don't want to have too much sort of cosmic irony there, but. Um, <laughs> but it Do you think is Bill Murray might come and see the play? Well, you know, wouldn't that be wonderful? He uh, he wouldn't did uh, he did catch it when it was playing on Broadway a few years ago, and if anyone has any connections, Feel please free, send them right? our way. Yeah, again, well, now you're you're closer to home, so he might just pop in one I'm day. Skipping a jump, right? Exactly. Groundhog Day, the musical, playing at the Paramount Theater. We're talking to Alex Syak, uh, the lead character in there. I guess you you, you would put it. Uh, what is it like uh, with some live theater again? I, I'm going to assume that it's been a bit of a rough and tumble time for you. Oh, uh, you, you can say that again. Uh, <laughs> it's been a bit of a rough you know. and tumble time for you. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, uh, yeah, last night was our first public performance of the show. And uh, I'll say after that curtain came down, it was it was really a flood of emotions I had forgotten about for two and a half years, essentially. Um, seeing that audience just reacting at the end once the bows had finished and the lights sort of started coming up on the, on the, the house and you could really see how the piece affected the people. That was really, you know, I, I, I had forgotten all these emotions. Well, so and isn't was, that one of the real unique things about live theater is you get that kind of instantaneous, like, uh, instant, the, yeah. the laugh, the, <laughs> the, 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 the gasp, whatever it might be, you get it in the moment. And well, it was also... Uh, amazing for me and my co-star uh, Phoebe, who's playing Rita. You know, we, we've done these scenes so many times in rehearsal, and last night we finally were like, "Oh, people are going to laugh there. We should remember that." Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. It's just a whole new element bringing in an audience. So interesting. Yeah, I gotta believe though that new element all, always elevates everything, though, right? I mean, it's it never it never goes the opposite way, and it's a downer. It's always wow, this is even better yeah. than I thought. <laughs> Exactly. Well, yeah. Alex, we wish you the absolute best of luck uh, as you're in your role as Phil Col- uh, Connors. I almost said Phil Collins. I was close. Yeah. <laughs> you are in the air tonight, Alex. I will tell you that. Uh, Alex Syak, uh, Groundhog Day, the musical, playing at the Paramount Theater. And you can go check it out right now. Best of luck, Alex. Break a leg. All right. Yeah. I, we, Best I, I think, of luck, Alex. Break a leg. Yeah. Get it? Yeah, I'm just, okay. It's Groundhog Day. Oh, yeah. There. <laughs> Shoot. Wow, if I have to explain crickets? it, it's just not that funny. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I, wait for your 15 minutes at Zany's. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, gr- so gr- Groundhog Day is around the corner, right? It's February 2nd. Yeah, 2-2-22. Right in and of itself, an interesting... What do they call that? There's a that thing. That damn woodchuck better not see his uh, shadow. Have or, we figured out what happens? I might lose it. Have we figured out? Do we want them to see their shadow, or do we not want them to see their you, shadow? You, we, you do not. No shadow. See their shadow. No shadow. No shadow. The shadow scares them back into their little burrow, and they'll sit there thinking Stay winter's going to be weeks. longer. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, no. They, you guys they should come on up here to McKinley County. The shadow men that the sun is out and stock. things are looking up. I see. I'm very no, confused see, by this. Yeah, it's confusing. It's like backwards yeah. day or whatever. Yeah. Well, uh, again, there's a variety of things. You can go to Woodstock, like we heard about, mm-hmm. and and the whole community up there is. I mean, this is where the it was filmed. So many scenes from that movie were filmed there, including all the outdoor scenes, the iconic uh, outside parts of the movie Groundhog Day. And you can go up there and kind of walk the walk, re- retrace the steps that Bill Murray took. You know, there's plaques everywhere. I grew yeah. up near Woodstock, and we would go all the time. They've got, I think, I want to say it's a classic cinemas or it's a yeah, big movie an theater. old movie theater. Yeah, yeah, and they've got plaques everywhere. It's like, hey, this movie theater was in Groundhog Day. My sister was in Groundhog Day. My shoes in Groundhog Day. <laughs> Woodstock's not that it's big. Everybody. Was in it. I Come can't, on, right? It's Everybody so cool. in some it's way, so shape, cool. or form. Or you can go check out Groundhog Day, the musical, playing at the Paramount Theater. Uh, as you just heard uh, Alex Ayak say, they just had their first show. They've got live crowds back, and uh, you can go check out some theater again. Uh, check them out anytime at the uh, at the Paramount Theater. That's outstanding. Hey, good morning to you. A uh, a happy Thursday. It's Bruce and Judy. Uh, I just saw something, and it's one of those, uh, um, you know, today in history things that kind of stands out with me specifically. On this day, January 27th, 
1967. Now, I wasn't around, but it's one of those dates and one of those events that has always stuck with me. You know how certain things, you weren't there, but you read about, you saw something, and it's always stuck with you. Today is the anniversary of the Apollo 1 tragedy. That was when um, three astronauts, command pilot Gus Grissom, senior pilot Ed White, and pilot Roger B. Chafee, were killed when fire swept through their command module as it sat on the launch pad. I remember it immortalized in the movie uh, Right Stuff, and then uh, subsequently I watched documentaries about it, I've read about it, and it's just one of those things that always, always really stuck with me. And I would say it wasn't until, you know, really the space shuttle Challenger disaster that we were reminded, wow, space travel can be really dangerous. <laughs> you know, I mean, this is, it, it went from being a fantasy in this thing to something very, very real. So today is the anniversary, and we remember uh, astronauts Grissom White and uh, and Chafee on uh, on today, on the anniversary of that. I, I, I wasn't going to let that one pass. Um, if you want to live forever, apparently, you need to marry up. And when I mean marry up, <laughs> scientists say... Marry somebody who's basically smarter than you, that has more education than you might be a good way to put it. Yeah, that seems like kind of a no-brainer to me, because if you're you're more educated, you're presumably smarter, you, you know more, you have more knowledge, so you'll make better decisions, right, and choices mm-hmm. in life. So it seems kind make, of logical. Make good choices. Uh, yeah, although I would like to see a study on... If you marry someone who's maybe not so bright, but is very, very wealthy, I think, I think that might work too, right? Dumb and rich. Where, I is like there an dumb app for that? Is there, can I, where do you sign up for that deal? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, you know, and I say I like dumb and rich, but sometimes people, are, they're so dumb that I can't even, I, no. Yeah. I, I we call those Hollywood yeah. types. Yeah, mm. there is that. Yeah. <laughs> You can be rich, rich for something yeah, other than know. other yeah. than your intelligence, so to speak, just because you're really pretty, for example. Or yeah, mm-hmm. maybe you can yeah. th- throw a ball yeah. really far. Uh, but yeah, the study actually came out and said that uh, you you maybe your mom was right, ladies. Marry a doctor, and not only will you be happier, you will be healthier, and not just because allegedly the doctor can take care of you, but because that education and that education level can really uh, uh, improve the overall health in your household. Yeah, and apparently it's it's uh, better for women. Women benefit more, and I. But that's probably because, you know, it's guys are stupid. What, we don't wear we don't wear helmets. Well, no, but you know, we there, there weren't uh, drive yeah, fast. We, we're stupid. When when your parents said you should marry a doctor, they were mostly talking to their daughters, not their sons. But now women can say you should marry a doctor, and they can talk to their sons, like Tom, right? Tom, yeah. Will you marry Did your a doctor? mom? Say to marry a doctor. You grew up always wanting to marry a doctor. Where are you? Are you currently single, Tom? I, I am actually getting married later. You're this engaged. Year. Yes. So sorry to hear. But Betrothed. I am connected at the hip to my lovely Lauren. No. Uh, we and we've known each other since we were kids. We met when really? we were. Yeah, we met when we were freshmen in college, almost ten ten years ago this year. Okay, freshman in college is not a kid. When you said right. kids, oh, I well, thought you were going to say we met when we were yeah. we were nine. No. Years old, yeah, holding yeah, no. hands, going home from school or something. Yeah. I, I felt like we were kids. We didn't know okay. what we were doing. We were in the throes of love oh. and college. Oh, reality so, hits you so, hard, bro. It really does. Yeah. You, <laughs> you've been dating for 10 years? Yeah. Yeah. I, I asked her to marry okay. me back in 2020 when it was the pandemic and everybody else was doing it. Yeah. <laughs> 
I have no, oh my I have no good reason to say yeah. I was like, hey, baby, let's do this. Come on. Nah, we, you didn't we put did like a nice. pop a pop can on her or a top on her finger, did you? I hope you had like it was It was a ring up, pop. Right? I mean it was only oh. a quarter at the machine, so oh, I figured they are delicious. Right. Leave your so finger good. green. Exactly. So She's still eating it because those things never go they just you can't get rid of them. Absolutely. But yeah, no. So you're getting married doctor. and she is She's in doctor training. Yeah, yeah. She's going to be a, a PhD. It'll be probably May, May of this year. She'll be all finished, walking wow. down the uh, the the first aisle of the year to her graduation uh, aisle. Yeah, her graduation aisle and the big weird robe and the big. Hat and she's going to be a doctor of psychology, developmental specifically. Will she be like a practicing? Mm. Is that her goal or uh, more more research? More okay, like okay. looking at kids and being like, hmm. You but know, I'll putting, still have to refer to her as Doctor Lauren. You could, you could. Okay. She, she did say to me, and this is 100% true, Ready. that the first piece of mail she gets that says, Dr. and Mrs. Hush will send yes. her over the edge. She will lose. Oh. She's going to just hack me they're up into pieces. Assume, I don't need this, yeah, man. Yeah, they're going to say, let's, let's get one thing straight in the Hush household. Exactly. Tom ain't the doctor. No, no, no. Doctor well, do stupid. Do you feel healthier, Tom? I, I I feel like I've lost some weight, you know. It's like I'm I meant because you're wearing a doctor, so that was the whole point of this. You're gonna yeah. be, you're gonna be living with a head shrink. Oh yeah, she's gonna tell me about all the things yeah. I did wrong as a kid. Yeah, to... your mental health is yeah. what she's gonna focus. So on. why did yeah, you get, get into radio? Oh, oh, lie yeah. down on the couch. Mm. Here, get down there, and we'll have a yeah, we'll have a. I'm talk sorry, about she hasn't that. asked you that yet. There's something wrong then. She should have <laughs> already asked you why in God's name did you ever get into radio. That's a a sign of mental illness to start with, all right? (laughs) Also, one of the reasons why you might need to have your faith in humanity restored, Judy says she can do it for you right now. So recycling doesn't always mean chemically separating things into component parts or finding a new life for an old object. No, an L.A.-based startup is proving that landfills need not be dug for plastics if one can merely smash enough of them together into a Minecraft-like block. (laughs) So more than 100 tons of plastics have been diverted from entombment since the company was founded all through Bifusion's patented machines known as blockers. Now, blockers have a simple yet ingenious design. They shred the plastic and then apply mass multiplied by acceleration repeatedly until the non-recyclable plastic is so squished together that it actually fuses. Stay with me on this one. They're called bi-blocks. They are a simple 16 by 18 shape. They can be used to build bus stops, fences, retaining walls, and more. And they have partnered with cities across the country to get as many blockers into the hands of people who want to use them. So not one ounce of adhesive, glue, mortar, or any kind of substance is used. If 22 pounds of plastic go in, a 22 block comes out. You could soon be building blocks near you. This sounds like really big Legos. And by yeah, the way, right. sounds fantastic. Exactly. I'm a master builder. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. You can build a house. Oh. You can build a, a plastic house. I want a huge Lego house. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Oh, Thank you for restoring cool? our faith yeah. in humanity. That is fantastic. Also, thanks a lot to MG and the posse over there in Mission Control. Whole group of people over there. Hit buttons and make things happen. Our info producer, Miranda, is on the other side of the double pane bulletproof glass. We've got Tom. Hush your mouth right here, our producer. Uh, you like that? It made you giggle? I'll take it. All right. If it made you laugh. And Nick Gale standing by with the news, the traffic, the weather, everything you need to know. It's all coming up next on 890 WLS.